Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. Visitors, welcome, welcome, welcome. Please, please come back. We're a fun church. Amen. We're a fun church. But it's not really about being fun. It's about being close to God. And and we're not here to promote the church, the physical church. We're here to promote the church and promote his word and his gospel. Amen. And when you leave here today, and I hope I hope all of you stay for the food afterwards. Uh, as I mentioned, someone uh, snuck me some fry bread, and I and I stuffed it in my jacket pocket because I didn't want my wife to see. And then I started smelling it, and I took it out. And I'm not going to mention any names, but Sierra ratted me out, took a picture of it, and showed it to my wife. And, uh, you know, I know she's getting me back for last week, but uh, that's okay. I'm going to get her back. But uh, she showed the picture to my wife, and uh, I'm not allowed to eat lunch today with you guys. I have to, sa- I have to fast. <laughs> that's never going to happen on potluck day. I'm going to tell you that right now. And, you know, it's okay for us to have potluck together, you know, because it's fellowship. Amen? Man, we got some great cooks, uh, both men and women in this church, and uh, I-, I love your food. I do. Uh, and as you can tell something about me, I am not prejudiced towards food. Amen? Now, if you said, well, I didn't bring anything, well, don't worry. It's okay. You're still our guest, okay? Just come be a part of our fellowship. We'll make it work. If we have to go get some tacos somewhere, I don't know where, but <laughs> I have to fly to Anchorage to Taco Bell then come back, I guess. But uh, we, will, we will make it work. Amen? We got some uh, wonderful people with resources, and we can do what we need to do. So please be a part of it today. Uh, when we get down there, we're going to do some instruction. We're going to ask that our our uh, elders go first, and uh, then parents of young children. No, I'm sorry. I got to get it right. Pastor goes first. I'm just joking. Our elders will go first, and parents of young children, and uh, then other people. And then most importantly, Randy has to be last because he just got up. <laughs> He's not allowed to to eat today. Amen. I love Randy. I can pick on him, and Helen cheers me on. Sometimes, she, he doesn't know this, but sometimes she gives me stuff. She goes, tell him, do this. No, she doesn't do that. Amen. I know the children are with us today, so I'm not going to be long, and, and uh, I know you're used to me being a, a yelling, screaming Pentecostal pastor, but I'm going to try my best to keep it kind of on the down low today. I asked my daughter, I said, was that very Gen Z of me, very hip of me? She goes, no, Dad, an old person saying that is not hip at all. I thought she was talking about her mom. I realized it was me. And so uh, I'm going to keep it kind of mellow today because today's message is really emotional. It's a connection, and I don't, I don't want you to lose what he has for you. And we've been talking about the names of God and you may remember those names. There's Jehovah Jireh, the provider, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. And today we're going to learn about Jehovah Ra'ah. And that simply means the Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to say that again. The Lord is my shepherd. If you can go ahead and put that scripture up, you know this scripture, Psalms. 23.1, you know, you've seen this, and there's been numerous messages preached on this, but I, I want to share with you what I feel the Lord has given to this church today about what it means for the Lord to be your shepherd. I want you to say this with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. You know what that means about not wanting something, that means that I'm going to be taken care of. That means that the God of all gods, the God above all gods, is going to take care of me. 
Do we or do we not live in a troublesome world? My God is going to take care of me. There may be train derailments. There may be colleges who are spewing out hatred and division. But there's also colleges that are spewing out the God-centered revival. Amen? We don't need to give up on the move of God. Amen? There may be people who have an agenda or who are trying to divide the races. And I want, to be, I want you to understand that there are people with an agenda who are trying to divide races. But I will tell you right now, there are people like this church who want to bring us together in unity. Amen? Who want to bring us together in unity and realize that when God said, for God so loved the world, he meant everybody. Amen? He meant everybody. He didn't mean just the white people. He didn't mean just the clinket. He meant everybody, amen? We are together. We are one, amen? There are people who want us to be divided this morning. I'm going to be a little blunt with you, and if I offend you, you love me, okay? That's the rule of law. But I'm not meaning to offend you, but sometimes the gospel is offensive. And I said I wasn't going to yell, and then I went yelling. But I want to tell you this morning, the Lord is our shepherd, the Lord is, he didn't say, I'm only the shepherd of this person. I'm only the shepherd of these people. And I'm tired of people trying to segregate that, amen? Come on now. I'm tired of people trying to say, well, he's my shepherd and not your shepherd. No, 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 that's not the way God works. He is our shepherd, amen? Come on now, he is our shepherd, amen? He is our shepherd, Praise God. See, David was the one who wrote this, and he understood what it meant to be a shepherd because that's the job that he was given. David was the youngest of all the children of, Dave, or of his uh, father, Jesse. He was the youngest, and to the youngest goes all the jobs that nobody else wants. Amen? See, I was an only child, so I got all the jobs regardless. <laughs> right? I tried to pass my job off to my dog, and my dog wouldn't do it. And so I, I had to do everything, amen? I, that's why I'm the well-rounded individual that I am. <laughs> Not really, okay. <laughs> but the person who's the youngest is the one who gets the leftover jobs, the ones that, that, you know, just are, that nobody else wants. And that's what David had to do. And to the Egyptians, the jobs of a, of a shepherd was actually an abomination, the job of a shepherd was the lowliest job that there was. It was an embarrassment. It was something that meant that maybe you weren't so bright. Maybe it meant that, that you couldn't qualify for anything else. The only job that was really above a shepherd maybe was a fisherman. Now, don't get offended by me saying that. I'm just talking about that's the way it was back then, is they didn't view these positions. If you did it, that's just really all there was. You couldn't become a rabbi. You couldn't become a teacher. Oh, you can't do any of these things, then you can do this. So David, he was a shepherd, and he understood. You see, isn't it amazing that God didn't call any of David's brothers who had other more important jobs, he called David, who was a shepherd. And see, David understood what it was like to be a shepherd. He understood during that time, he wasn't just there and he hated it and he resented it. No, he used that time to learn how to communicate and commune with God. I was in Ketchikan this past week at a conference. And I was just sitting there in the hotel room, and I was kind of bored because I didn't really have anything else to do. I mean, in Ketchikan, there's not like a lot of sights. If, now, if you're from Ketchikan, I'm not trying to be offensive, but once you've been there, it's just, you know, you don't really want to walk on the, around the rain and all that, you know. And I was sitting there in my hotel room, and, and I got kind of bored. And I tried turning on the TV, and, and, you know, the thing about TV, it keeps repeating the same shows over and over again, Right? And I was bored, and I was just sitting there going, man, I don't have anything to do. And this thought came to my mind, why don't you pray? You know what my thought was? Pray, not right now, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not lying, I'm being transparent with you. Why don't you seek the Lord? But I'm kind of relaxing. <laughs> I'm kind of chilling. 
I just want to have some me time right now. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a way, and I kid you not, he said, how about some me time? How about some me time? And the spirit of conviction came upon me, and I dropped to my knees and said, Lord, I'm so sorry. And I had communion with the Lord for, and I'm not going to tell you how long, but it wasn't a short amount of time where I just sat there in his presence in my hotel room, and I worshiped, and I'm sure the people outside heard me because I got a little loud. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't call the cops. <laughs> I can imagine that'd be on the news, local Juno pastor arrested for being crazy. <laughs> I'm not crazy. The Spirit of God was in here. He's in the mental institution now. But I felt the Spirit of God in that room, and he began to speak to me. And I understood what David went through. There'd be times he'd have, his, he'd have his little harp, and he'd start playing the harp. Can you imagine what he played? I, I would imagine now, let's just, David wrote a lot of songs, right? Can you just imagine maybe David wrote this line? I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Oh, Lord. And Laban said, boy, that sounds good. And then David started to do a little dance, and he starts worshiping God. Amen? Brothers and sisters, he understood what it meant to have communion with God. He understood what it meant to have that relationship with God. And the reason I'm bringing this up today is there's too many that go through life is the only time you talk to God is on Sunday morning. I'm just letting that sink in. The only time you talk to God is when you're in trouble. You know why we're in trouble? Because sometimes we don't make good decisions. Now, I know things in life happen, right? I'm, I'm not talking about things in life that happen that are outside of our control. But sometimes we make bad decisions. If you get drunk and you drive your car and you get pulled over, God did not do that. Okay? God, you let me get drunk. I mean, come on. All right? Now, listen, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands who's done that because I'm not, I don't operate that way, but you know what I'm talking about, okay? If you decide to do something that is not of God and something happens like that, then that's on us. But praise be to God, we have a God of grace who gets us those, those situations, and we can call him, and he's going to help us, but far too often we blame God for things that we have done. Okay, right? Amen. Praise God. That's good preaching, Pastor Keith. That's amazing. I'll pray. I mean, listen, I'll amen myself. I can do that, okay? Praise God. And if I start amening myself, I may get a little revival up here and we'll go on for two hours, okay? <laughs> I know there's food downstairs and I'm, I'm about ready to get started with my sermon. It's only 12 o'clock. There's no football. We got time. Some of you missed it last week. I was up here and I wore a Seattle Seahawks jersey. And, and I'm telling you, it burned my skin. But I got through it, praise God. I had to have the anointing oil on me, but I did it. Hey, man, we have a good time with this church, don't we? Praise God. But, man, how pleasant it is to walk in his presence. How good it is for him to be our shepherd this morning. And John chapter 10 Verse 11, and I'm not going to show this verse up here, but just going to stay focused on Psalms 23. He says, he says, I am. This is one of the seven I am statements that he made in John. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Amen. Listen, the Lord isn't just somebody who's up there and ready to thump you and whack you and walk away from you. Maybe that's happened in your life. Maybe people have given up on you. Maybe people have distanced themselves from you. Maybe people have said, I don't want to be a part of your life anymore. But Jesus has never, ever done that. Amen? If anything, Jesus is trying to draw himself closer to you. Amen? Jesus is the good shepherd. Now, some of us may have a hard time identifying with what a shepherd is, so I'm going to give you three things that a shepherd does, okay? Because I want you to understand that the relationship with the shepherd is more than just a man and an animal. It's intimate. It's relational. 
There's a bond there. I'm going to give you a similar story. I was gone for like three days. And, and my dog and I, we, I mean, my dog loves me. He actually loves my wife more, but I'm not going to get into that right now because it's a little pain for me. But when I came home, he heard my voice. He knows what I sound like. And he started, this is an 85-pound dog, and he's dancing around on, on his two legs, jumping up and down, wanting me to come pet him. He was so excited to know that I was there. He was like, Dad, Dad, these women are driving me crazy. He's talking about my female dogs, not my, not my wife and my daughter. I would never say that. <laughs> and as I was going up, my dad says, I need to talk to you. And we talked for a couple of seconds, and my dog's like, where is he? Where, he's supposed, I hear him. I know he's there. Where is he at? And finally, when I came upstairs, he was just dancing all over the place, and he knocked a couple things down. He didn't care. He just wanted to see me. Amen. And I talk about that because you understand the relationship that we have with our animals, right? But the relationship between a sheep and a shepherd doesn't even compare to that. There's, a, there's an intimacy there, a trust there, amen? There's something that's much more because that's the way that God designed it because he wanted us to show us the example of the relationship that we can have with him. See, the first thing that he does is he guides he guides us. Let me read this verse. Let's go to verse 2 and 3. He says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I'm going to ask you a very difficult question here. Are you ready? What is guiding you? What is guiding you? Some people have spirit guides that they talk to that they think is guiding their life and, and that they're showing them what to do. Can I tell you that is nothing but the devil? That is a demon in disguise trying to deceive you. He's not or she is not leading you to God. They are leading you away from God. You don't need a spirit guide. You need the spirit to guide you. Amen? Get away from that stuff. Some people, some people look to astrology and the stars. They say, well, I'm, I'm this astrology sign or I'm this astrology sign and this is what's going to guide me for today. I'm going to tell you again that is utter nonsense. They use cleverly designed sayings that are so general it doesn't mean anything. It's just because you were born during a certain time of the year does not define who you are. Amen? you got to quit listening to that, okay? It doesn't define, well, that must be me. That must be me because I'm like that. No, that is not you, amen? That's how the world sees you. But let me tell you how God sees you, okay? God doesn't see you as someone who has anger issues, amen? God sees you as a completed work in his name, amen? God doesn't see you as someone with emotional baggage. He sees you as someone who has been healed and restored in his name. God doesn't see you as this or that. He sees you as someone who is whole and complete. Stop trying to identify with stuff that makes no sense. Amen? He is our guide. Amen? He, the stars can't no more predict What's going to happen in your life? And this pulpit can't get up and walk across this stage. Wouldn't that freak you out if that did that? I know it would me. But that's not going to happen, is it? You know why? Because this is an inanimate object. There's no life in it. And there's no life in the stars. Amen? They can't predict. But let me tell you who can predict what's going to happen in your life. And they don't predict because they already know. Amen? Let the Lord guide you. When the Lord guides you, when the Lord guides you, guess what he does? He guides you to peace. You ever notice that these astrology signs or anything like that, they guide you to confusion and frustration and anger? 
That's not of God. See, when God guides you, he gives you peace. He leads you beside the still waters. Praise God. Come on now. He leads. See, here I go yelling. I'll try it again. He leads you by the still waters. <laughs> I'm trying. Praise God. He makes us lay down in green pastures. Anybody ever laid down in the grass and just soaked up? I know in Juneau it's hard, but there are days where it's sunny. When I was in Ketchikan, it was really weird because it rained the whole time, and I thought, this is weird. You know, but I actually felt at home right now. I'm just kidding. It rains all the time, as you know, in Ketchikan. But um, you ever just laid down, and just, you just soaked up the sun, and, man, you just felt comfortable, and, and you just felt at rest? Praise God. Do you realize that's not what he does for us? He gives us rest. Amen? He guides us. See, the Lord is guiding you. The Lord is guiding you to rest. Can I ask you a question? You ever had somebody give you directions and you look at them and say, no, that's not right? We were over in Italy, my wife and I. Hunter was a baby and Julie wasn't born yet, so she doesn't remember. That was a joke, by the way. You guys missed it. You got to laugh at my jokes. That's the rule. That's the rule. We talked about this. So... Jenny and I were driving around, and we were in Rome, and we were trying to get out of Rome. But in Rome, they steal the signs, and and you don't know where you're going. So we were trying to get to the uh, what they call I think it's the autostrada. Is what they call it? Something like that. And and so we were trying to get to the autostrada. So I was going down one way, it's the autostrada this way, which is like the interstate, I guess. So we were going towards the autostrada, and I was driving, and I was feeling pretty good about myself as a man. You know, because I'm driving. Foreign country, I'm getting us out of here. And it said, I'll start it that way. So, like, I'm going this way. And my wife was voicing her concern, as wives do. And she was telling me that maybe this isn't right. And I said, no, I'm right. And as I'm going down the road, it said, I saw another sign. It says, I'll start it that way. And I'm like, what happened? So I turned around and go that way. And then I saw another sign that says autostrada that way. And it honestly, it felt like I was going in a circle. And so I had to admit, and man, you know how tough this is. I had to admit, I may get my man card stolen after this. I had to admit I was lost. And back then, we didn't have the phones to tell us where to go, right? And I had to admit that I was lost. Now, don't get mad at me, man. This is legitimate. And so we pulled over to a gas station. And we, because we, remember, we're in Italy. And I understood German at that point because we were living in Germany at the time. And, and so I knew German. We were in Italy. And we were trying to figure out where we were going. And so I went up to the, to the Italian guy and uh, I said, do you speak English? No. Do you speak German? No. We're in trouble. He, and he, somehow, and I can't remember exactly how he did this, but he told me he spoke French. And I remember Jenny had high school French. <laughs> and so, okay, Jenny, you're up. <laughs> and so she, he communicated to her, and she was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she told me, and I was like, no, that's not right. That can't be right. No, you know what I did? I followed those instructions to the T, right? And, and, and even though we were communicating in different languages, and I honestly didn't know if this guy was just jerking our chain or trying to go off somewhere else, right? But we followed the instructions, and bless God, we got out of Rome, okay? That was a hard thing to do. But when this person gave me instructions, I listened to what they said. Otherwise, I was going to be stuck one more night in this place, okay? Now, I'm trying to get you to understand is that when someone gives you instructions, you don't look at them and say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it my own way. You listen to them, don't you? How much do we tell the Lord when he tries to tell him, tell us, don't do that? And we go, no, nah, I got this, God. I got this, God. I'm going to do it this way. And then we get in trouble, and what do we do? We blame God, don't we? We get in trouble, and we blame God, and we say, no, God, I can't believe you allowed this to happen to me. And God's like, again, as I said earlier, 
You kind of did it to yourself, amen? But he guides us, when we listen to him, he guides us to a place of rest, amen? He brings us into church, and he gives us rest. And when you come in this morning, you felt the Spirit of God, amen? And when you feel the Spirit of God, your heart is filled up, amen? He leads us beside the still waters. See, the waters represents the act and the work of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when I get upset... And I get anxious. Anybody else in here get anxious? But see, it's hard for men to admit we get anxious because we're, we're supposed to be tough. Women have no idea how many times a man will sit in his car and cry because he's so stressed out. You have no idea how many times a man will weep inside because they're so stressed out trying to keep it together. But in those times, times of anxiousness, in those times of sorrow, in those times when you feel like you're going to explode inside, the Holy Spirit just comes in like a flood and says, I got you. I'm here. One of the things that my wife does, and I, I love that she does this, whenever I'm stressed out, she'll come put her hand on my shoulder and she'll say, it's okay. We're going to be okay. We've had some tough times. I know all of us, anybody not had tough times, right? We've all had tough times. She'll come up and just put her hand on me, and she'll hug me, and she'll say, it's going to be okay. We'll get through this together, amen? And we have, amen? And it, to me, that just resembled the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes in like a flood, it just brings peace, amen? We talked about the shalom last week. He brings peace peace. Amen. If you wonder where the peace is in your life, then you need to invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Amen. Praise God. Do you know how else he guides us? He guides us with his word and his voice. Psalms 119.105, and again, it's not up there. He says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. John chapter 10, verse 27, he goes, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, isn't that amazing that the Lord knows us? Let me, let me say that again. The Lord knows you. Now, i, I got to really just kind of stop here for a second, okay, because I want you to get this. Some of us are so guarded because of things that have happened in our lives. Come on. We're so guarded. We don't want to let anybody in because of what's happened to us and people that have hurt us. People that have said things to us. And, and I'm not discounting what you've been through. We've all been through something, okay? Some of us more than others, amen? And I say this with all sincerity. You may be guarded. You may not be letting anybody in, but the Lord knows you. He knows you. He knows how you tick. He knows what you're going through. He knows your hurt. He knows your pain. And he is ready to bring you peace. He is ready to bring you to the healing waters of Galilee. Amen. He is ready to apply the oil. He is ready to apply the oil in your life. Brothers and sisters, if we will just hear his voice today. No, Pastor, I would rather just hang on to my hurt and pain. Why do we do that? Do you think you get an award at the end of our life saying you held on to your pain the longest? No, as a matter of fact, it's kind of the opposite. If, if, I, had, if I had the solution up here and some type of device that would free you from all your pain, some of you would rush up here and get it. But spiritually, I do have that, amen? I have the peace that passes all understanding. And it's not that I have it. It's the Lord through me saying, here it is, amen? Receive what the Lord has for you this morning. I know that when I go through trouble, I know that when I go through trial, I can sit there and say, Lord, I need you, amen? Oh, Lord, I need you. I need you. Oh, I need you. Every day, I need you. Pass this way, oh Savior, I come to thee. Amen. I need you this morning, God. And you need him this morning. You need a fresh touch of the Lord. Quit fighting him. Amen. Receive. 
receive. Some of us are sitting like this with our hearts. I can't do it because I got the microphone. We're sitting like this with our heart. We're so closed off. We're afraid of being hurt again. But can I tell you that Jesus won't hurt you? And you know how I know that? Because he was hurt for you. He was hurt for you. He suffered on the cross to bring you peace. That's why he said a good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Amen. He's already given his life for you. He's already loved on you this morning. Amen. Receive him today. And then listen to his word. I'm going to tell you something about the Lord that I learned this week. You know when he said he guides you? A guide never pushes. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? A guide never pushes. A guide never pushes. A guide will never drive you. He only says this is the way. He only says this is what you have to do. You know what the world does? The world, especially lately, says you have to be this way. You have to do this. You have to do that. Not in the church. Amen? Listen, we accept you for whoever you are. We know that God's going to take care of all that else. Amen? I don't care if you come in here gay or I don't come if you come in here as an alcoholic. I don't care if you come in here as a drug addict. I don't care if you come in here as a pedophile. See, some people have a hard time with that last one because they think that pedophiles are irredeemable. That is nowhere in Scripture, amen? Everyone can be touched by the Lord, amen? Everybody can be freed. And if you'll but listen to the voice of the Lord this morning, he's calling out to you and says, listen, I have a better life for you. I have something better for you. You know, if somebody said they had something better for me, I would leave what I have and I would do it, amen, if I knew it was of God. Praise God. I'm not going to say who gave me fryer bread this morning, but when Mary handed it to me, When Mary handed me that fry bread, I did a little church dance. You can ask her. And she came to me and she goes, I don't want to tell you this. And I'm like, oh, Lord, something's going to happen. And then she revealed that moment of the fry bread. I was like, oh. I now opened it up and I started crying. And if somebody else would have offered me fry bread, I would have took Mary's and took the other one too. Amen. Listen, God is offering you something so much more this morning. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Peace. In a world full of trouble, peace. The next thing he does, number two, don't worry, I've only got ten more to go. Two more, I'm just joking. He protects. Verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, praise God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, the second job of the shepherd is to protect against predators. Can I tell you right now, there is a, a devil that's been assigned to you and your family. Could Satan, could Satan, Satan not rebuke us because Satan is not really near your family. He's assigned somebody else to come after you. He's assigned someone to do nothing but torment you and fill your head with thoughts that are not true, to wreck your finances, to wreck your marriage, to wreck your life. He has sent somebody to destroy you, amen? But praise be to God. I got the shepherd with my back right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. I'm going a little crazy here. I'm going a little crazy. Every time the... I got, I'm turning this way and the devil's coming at me. The devil, Jesus is coming. I said, get back. What's wrong with you? Get back from him. Get back from him. And he tries to sneak up on me. The Lord's right there. Get back. I told you to get away from him. Get away from him. And I, I got no idea. I'm sitting there eating my grass. I'm like, mm, this grass is good. This fry bread is good. I'm getting fat. I'm getting fat. This is good. <laughs> And meanwhile, the devil's like, how can I get him? How can I get him? How can I get him? I'm so hungry. And the Lord said, I'll take you out right now. Do you realize this was happening to you right now? You don't know how much he's protected you, amen? You don't know. You don't know how much. I'm not going to hit you. 
I might. Maybe I should use this side. I don't know. You don't know how much he's going to protect you, amen? Sometimes the devil's been trying to come up to you. He's done whacked him over the head and said, get out of here, amen? Sometimes a lion is in the devil because the Bible says the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And the Lord says, you're not devouring my child this morning. I got them. Get back. Get back. Get back. You understand how much the devil wants you? He wants your children. He wants your grandchildren. But I'm going to tell you right now, Psalms 91 talks about this. Blessed are they who walks. Well, I, maybe I just need to read it, amen? I just, I'm, going to, I'm going to go there. Just bear with me a second because I just feel the Lord wants me to do this. Praise God. I love it when he does this because I'm not ready for it. But we're going to follow the Lord this morning, aren't we? 87, 88, 90, 91. Okay, here we go. All right. This is what he says. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. See, that's not all. He goes on to say this. He goes, surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Here we go. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at newsday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Come on now. It shall not come near you. I want you to, and I didn't even read the whole thing. You need to go and read that yourself. I want to tell your brothers and sisters this morning, I better move this before I get in trouble. I want to tell you this morning that God is ready to protect his children. God is ready to deliver you this morning. I know, listen, it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through a tough time sometimes. It doesn't mean that the devil's not going to nip at your heels. But the moment he nips at your heels, the Jesus is going to come in and stop his head, okay? I want to... Hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning. See, I go yelling again. See, the problem is I get too emotional. But when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he delivered me from the uttermost, praise God, it makes me want to shout. It makes me want to sing. It makes me want to glorify his name. And the devil's going to try to come and attack me. He's going to try to bring me down. But all i got to do is say, Jesus. Yeah. Notice I didn't say, Facebook, save me, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook can't save you. Man, we get on there and we ask for prayer, and there's nothing wrong with that, but if that's our only source of prayer, then we're in trouble. Okay? Listen, I'm not on you or trying to embarrass you if you've done that, but man, we got to get to the throne room ourselves. Amen? The Bible says, let us boldly therefore go before the Lord. Amen? We have access to the throne. See, I got this rule that I don't care who's talking to me. If my son or my daughter or my wife call me, that takes precedence over everybody. I want you to know that I love you and I love you with all my heart, but if my son or my daughter or my wife call me, whatever we're talking about, you're going to have to wait a second because I'm going to talk to them because I love them. Can you understand that that's what the Lord does for us? Can you, do you understand that's what the Lord does for us? I can see it right now. I can see it right now. The angels of the Lord are reporting to God. God, we got this going on. We got, Lord says, be quiet. But Lord, I got to talk to you. Be quiet. My child is talking to me. And I can hear all things, but I want to hear, I want to listen to what my child, 
Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. My child is talking to me. But Lord, they're not even serving you the right way. I don't care. They're my child. But Lord, they only call on you when they need you. Exactly. We're going to help them do it better. We're going to help them. See, nothing about this message is condemning. We're here to love on you. We're here to help you. Amen? Listen, I'm tired of God's people walking around in defeat. Amen? I'm not saying you're not going to fight battles. Because anybody that tells you you're not going to fight a battle is a false prophet, okay? You're going to fight some battles. But I'm going to tell you something. You're going to fight that battle knowing that you're going in as a victor, all right? Because the Lord has already won. Amen? Whatever you're fighting this morning... Man, wouldn't that be awesome knowing every battle you fight you're going to win? Wouldn't that be cool? I would love that. I do love it. I would, man, I should, I, think about that for a moment. The devil comes at you. Oh, Lord, what do I do? Oh, yeah, I've already won. You realize how demoralizing that is for the enemy when they know that you know, that we know, that we all know, that God knows, that you know we won? <laughs> The problem is we don't know that we know that you know that I know. we got to stand in the authority of Jesus this morning, and we know that he knows that I know that you know we won. Praise God. Calm down, Keith. <laughs> Who's hungry? Good. Can you give me ten more minutes? Who will raise your hand if you give me ten more minutes? Raise your hand if you give me ten more minutes. Okay. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Okay, good, an hour. We got it. My wife says five, 65. She's trying to get me to quit, but I don't see her because my glasses are not on. <laughs> see, we like to dictate to him our relationship, don't we? Can I tell you, you cannot dictate your relationship with Jesus because he paid the ultimate price for you? you? You can't. Lord, I'll love you if you do this for me. Well, he's already loved you and he's already done so much. I'm not going to promise you that he's going to come in and save everything in your life, but I tell you what he can do is he can bring you peace in the storm. He's your protector. I tell you what, you want to scare off some demons in your house, you want to scare off some demons in your life, then you start serving God. And you'll be surprised how quickly those demons go because they can't stand you worshiping God. Amen? <laughs> Last thing. Wow, it's already 1230. I didn't realize that because I can't see, and I thought that said 1212 up there, but I just, I'm going to rush through this. Last thing, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. I love that, my cup runs over. My cup runs over. You ever, you ever drunk something you know, and it spilled over and and, you, and it caused a, a mess. See, when Jesus comes into your life, he, he causes a mess a little bit because he's changing things about you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, sometimes the sheep wonders. Sometimes the sheep goes off and does things they shouldn't do. Sometimes the sheep messes up. You know what the Lord says? He says, it's okay. Come on back. I'm going to say that again. This is what the Lord says. He goes, you messed up? That's okay. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Don't go that way. 
but, but Lord, I, I messed up and I disappointed you. Can I, can I just tell you we don't disappoint the Lord because he already knew it was going to happen and loved us anyway? He, he loves you. Can, I, want, I want to make sure you understand this. He loves you. The wreck that you are, he loves you. Then he says, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Goodness is the, it's not evil. Goodness is actually the essence of who God is. And then mercy is the effect of a present God. So when it says, listen to me. Listen to me, people of Juno. Listen to me, people of this church. When it says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, that means God himself is with you and his mercy surrounds you. Amen? It means what God is saying is, he says, you don't have to walk in shame anymore. You don't have to walk in guilt. You don't have to walk in abuse anymore. You don't have to walk around feeling bad about yourself. All of that is under the blood, and I'm going to follow you because I'm not going to let the devil remind you of your past. You can look at, if you look behind you, all you're going to see is me. Amen. Listen to me. Are you listening to what I'm saying? If you look behind me, all you're going to see is me because I'm following you. Man, I tell you what, the devil loves to remind us of our past, doesn't he? Come on now. The devil reminds us of our past. We need to start reminding the devil of his future. We need to remind the devil of his future, amen? I want everybody to stand with me. I want you to stand with me. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to put the words up there if you could turn the music off. Hallelujah. If you can give me some keyboard, please. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. In all my days, I've been held in your hands. The moment that I wake up, heaven on my head, I will see all the goodness of God. Let's sing that again. I love you, Lord. Come on, girls, help me. Come on now.
across this room to close your eyes. I know we're a little long today. Close your eyes. Close your eyes, everyone, please. I'm going to ask the first question. If you do not have Jesus in your life, you have not accepted him as your Savior, or maybe you haven't done it in a long time, and you need to renew that relationship, I'm going to give you that chance right now to do that. If that's you, I want you to raise your hands high so I can see you. Is there anybody in this place that you need to have Jesus in your life? Okay. I see one. Anybody else? I see one. One has given their life to the Lord. Anybody else? I'm giving you that chance to renew that relationship right now. I see another one. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, give your life to the Lord today. Let the Lord, let the shepherd come in until he was do something in your life. I want everybody to pray with me right now. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my guide. My protector. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.